0: This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Chuck Ford and Relate Church in Byron, Mississippi. For more information, please visit RelateChurch.com. It's like third week in a row. There we go. How's everybody doing? Good. Hey, before we get started this morning, I just wanted to just do a quick announcement. If, If you're between the ages of 15 and 25, and you're looking for something really exciting to do for several hours during the week, through the summer, we are beginning relate church internship, and so it's a it's a six weeks during the summer, and you're just spending a little bit of time up at the church, just really seeing the the between Sundays culture of relate church and what we do in between Sundays. You know, I I, I went through Starbucks yesterday, and and the girls waiting at me. You know, she came through the drive through, and she said, "So you're off today?" I guess she. I was kind of dressed down. Usually, I have on like business casual clothes, and since I'm a, a repeat customer, <laughs> like, like almost every day, she says, so, oh, so you're off today? And I said, I said well, yeah, I'm off. She said, you, are you off every weekend? I said, well, I only work on Sundays. I'm a pastor. <laughs> and, she, and she said, you only work on Sundays? I said, no, just kidding. So there's actually something that, that takes place in between Sundays, at Relate Church, and and really a lot of work goes on in between Sundays, and so if you're between the ages of 15 and 25, and you just kind of like to just experience that culture, and at the same time grow in your leadership, and really get some good Kingdom work—I mean, very important work—done, uh, we just ask you to go to relatechurch.com, and you can get more information at relatechurch.com. It'll be a blessing to you. It'll be a blessing to the church. And plus you'll just develop whether you're you you pursue any kind of work in, in ministry or just on your job. We're gonna we're gonna do things that will help you anywhere you are. Amen. And so if you're interested in that, relatechurch.com. All right. Well let's pray and then we're going we're gonna introduce a brand new series to you. All right. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you so much for your goodness. And Lord, we're looking forward to to all your words, everything that you would have to say to us today, we open our hearts, we open our minds with no preconceived ideas, no preconceived stances or resistance, but Lord, we open our hearts so we want to hear from you today. In the name of Jesus, amen. amen. So we're beginning a brand new series today. We're calling it Shout Out, and this is, this whole series is about giving honor to whom honor is due. How many of you know that? that God is a God of honor. He is a God of honor. And I believe this is one thing that we've kind of lost sight of in our generation is just the honor of God. And he said a lot of things about honor. One of the most, I mean, just one of the, the biggest, I believe the weightiest statements that, that God ever made concerning honor, he said it to Samuel. And he told Samuel, Samuel he said, those who honor me... I will honor them, but those who despise me, them I will lightly esteem, which is what despise, despising something is. It means that you lightly esteem it. Or you don't value that as important. And so God said, if you, if you despise me, well, then I will I will lightly esteem you. Now, we all want God to esteem us, and you know, and He doesn't want to, you to, none of us, I'm gonna get my tongue hooked up to my brain in a minute, but none of us want, want God to just lightly esteem us. Don't you want God to just esteem you and, and, and honor you? And, and so He said, Those who honor me, them will I honor, but those who despise me, I will lightly esteem them. So I think that's a very important statement. So we're taking, we're taking the month of May. And we're going to show honor to whom honor is due. And we're going to start it off today, of course. And, and we're going to be honoring our students and our teachers today. And, and uh, so we're going to honor our students and teachers today on May 13th. That's next week. I'll just only give you one guess. Who, who do you think we're going to honor next week? Mothers. We're going to honor mothers. So everybody make sure your mother comes with you. Mothers, make sure you bring your family with you, all right? And so, all right, and we're going to teach them how to honor you. And then May 20th, we're going to be honoring some leaders in our midst and then on may 27th we're going to be honoring our military families on memorial day weekend we're going to be honoring our military families we've got quite a few in here some of them are deployed just been deployed in the recent weeks and, and so we want to do some things just to honor those families amen and so uh, as well as remembering in in you know the memory of those who have fallen and and who stood up for our rights and so looking forward looking forward to this so Anyway, there's, there's this old familiar saying, and, and, and I know you've heard this before, and so I want to say it, but how many ever heard this old familiar saying? As you, it's, it's important that you put first things first. Anybody heard that? First things first. And really what it's saying is, you know, wise people, really wise people, which I believe that you are, one, aren't you? Do are you, you consider yourself a wise person? Yeah. Okay, six of you thought... That means the rest of you, you consider yourself foolish, and so you, you ought to just, you should have just said, yeah, I'm I'm a wise person. So, wise people, uh, they give priority to the most important things in life. They give priority to the most important things in life, and, and if you're anything like me, there's times that you have a really firm grasp on, on what's important, uh, and you, you've got a good handle on what's important, but then through the... If you're like me, like, you get in in the busyness of life because there's not just one or two things that are competing for your attention and competing for your energy and competing for your resources. There's many things that compete for that. So if you're anything like me, sometimes I kind of lose sight of what is the most important. What is the most important? But wise people, they, they take a firm grip, they have a firm grasp on what is most important in life and so it's not up to you and I just to determine that you know in a vacuum and you know just you and I just on our own determine what is most important we need to look to the scriptures if, if you and I are Christ followers and I believe you know most of you in here you would consider yourself a Christ follower it's important that we look to the scriptures and we find out what does God say what does Jesus say are the most important things And so one thing that Jesus lays out for us in Mark the 10th chapter, he lays out what he considers to be priority, what he considers to be the most important. I want to read this verse, and you can read it with me, and then we're going to go back and we're going to unpack this. But in Mark the 10th chapter, verses 13 and 14 and verse 16, and I'm reading from the the New American Standard Bible, Revised, okay? Okay if that makes any difference to you okay so it says this and it says and people were bringing children to him to Jesus that he might touch them but the disciples rebuked them now have you ever why would they do that i mean here you got parents maybe grandparents bringing children to Jesus that he may you know that that he can minister to them that he can lay hands on them and 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 bless them. But Jesus' very own disciples, he rebuked the parents or he rebuked whoever it was that was bringing the children to Jesus. And, you know, maybe they had good reasons. They, they had been with Jesus, traveling with Jesus for some time now. And so maybe they had seen who he had been ministering to, you know, previously. Maybe they saw the miracles. Maybe they had his schedule. Maybe he had already told them, hey, we're going to this place, and we're going to minister in this city, and we're going to minister in this village, and we need to get there, and we need to do that. And so... They got stopped by these people bringing children to Jesus and they were interrupting Jesus' schedule and they were, you know, because he had more important things to get to. Are you listening to me? They had some more important things. Now, look, I, wanna, I, I really, really, really want to encourage each of us this morning that we don't have this preconceived mindset about what I believe. The Lord wants to talk to us about today. That we don't. That we're not. We we don't check out. And so let's hear something more powerful. Let let's let's hear something that I would really like. You know, sometimes you need to hear things, and I need to hear things that I don't really like. Right? If all you're ever hearing is stuff that you like, it's like when you're growing up. If all you ever ate was McDonald's chicken nuggets, and you never got any collard greens or you know. Anything like that is well. I don't like those collard greens. Yeah, but they're good for you. I mean, your mama told you they're good for you, right? Then you start eating. You you get up a little bit, man. You want some. You you want something? Why? Because not only does it is it good for you. It's you start to develop an appetite and a taste for it, right? And it's the same with the Word of God. It's the same with the Word of God. There's some things that don't necessarily set well with us all the time, and it's things that we we'd rather hear something else. But it's things. It's the things that we don't really want to hear are the things that will make us grow and help us grow in the long run. And so Jesus is really marking out, he's really, in no uncertain terms, he is really laying out what is important to him what is important to him and if it's important to him it's important to his father God because he says i never do anything i never say anything unless i see it and hear it from my father first right, right? and so this is the heart of jesus and so the disciples rebuked them i mean this this wasn't a this wasn't a pleasant sight i mean this was a very Demeaning. This was a very strong stance against these people who were bringing children to Jesus. And the disciples rebuked them. I mean, this is just open correction of what they're doing. And then notice this. It says, and when Jesus saw this, he said, all right, guys, you're right. But there's a better way to do that than the way you did it. That's not what he did. That's not what, He didn't say, you know, you're right trying to get me to where I'm needing to go, but you could have been a little bit kinder in the way you handled that situation. That's not what he did. Notice what Jesus did. When Jesus saw this, he became indignant. <laughs> I mean just with the strong rebuke that they gave the people who were bringing to Jesus, Jesus, Jesus turned it on them, and he became indignant. I mean, he was furious. He was mad. He was angry at the way that his disciples handled this. And so he, when Jesus saw this, he became indignant, and he said to them, Let the little children come to me. Yeah, but Lord, we're on our way to go somewhere. Let the little children come to me. Don't forbid them. Why? Because for such as the, the kingdom of God belongs to these. The kingdom of God belongs to me. He said, let them come to me. Do not forbid them, because the kingdom of God belongs to them. I mean, so so right away. Jesus elevates the importance of children. And I mean, and the Holy Spirit saw to it, out of all the things that Jesus ever said and all the things that Jesus ever did, the Holy Spirit saw to it that this story is recorded in the Scripture. Right? Out of all the things Jesus said and did, why not, why not record another miracle? Why not record another teaching? Out of all the things he said and did, this is recorded. And right there, Jesus elevated the importance of children over what he was going to do. And we know what he was going to do. He was going to teach, and he was going to preach to some more adults. Are y'all listening here today? He had been teaching and preaching to adults. He's going to preach and teach to some more adults. And they stopped him, and and they brought children to him, and the parents got rebuked, and Jesus got indignant with his disciples, and he said, the kingdom of God belongs to these. Point number one. Point number one. Let's unpack this scripture. Children are not too young to experience God. God children are not too young to experience god and when a child comes into contact with jesus it makes an indelible mark upon their spirit it makes an indelible mark impression upon their heart when they come in contact with jesus how many of you believe that notice what he said and And it says in in verse 13, and people were bringing children to him that he might touch them. That he might lay his hands on them. That they may experience him. That they have contact with him. And when a child comes into contact with Jesus, it leaves an impression upon them. You know, I I didn't surrender my life to Christ until I was almost 21 years old. January of 1986, I was 20 years old. A couple of months later, I'd be 21. And so y'all can figure out my age from there. They say 50's the new 30. So. So although I didn't surrender my life to Jesus until I was about 21, I had some experiences with God prior to that. When I was about thirteen or fourteen, we were in a Baptist church. Thank God for the Baptist church. Thank God for the Baptist. And, and so when I was about thirteen or fourteen, we were going to Lakeshore Baptist over there off of uh, Lakeshore Drive. <laughs> All right. So. And. Um, so I think we were in these revival meetings because you know Baptists have revival meetings, and and we were in these revival meetings. And I remember walking down the aisle. I mean, the Lord was touched me. He dealt with me, and. And he and he was dealing with my heart. and I mean, uh, the Holy Spirit was, he was doing a work in me and doing a work on me. And I remember walking down that aisle and shaking the preacher's hand, you know, made a confession and he didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. I didn't surrender my life to Christ at that point, but God ministered to me. He was dealing with me. And then we went from there and then we were, uh, my mom and dad, they were filled with the Holy Spirit and when we get, went to uh, South Side Assembly of God, and really, that, when I tell my story, that's usually where I pick it up right there, but uh, man, God, God touched me on several occasions right there at South Side Assembly of God. I mean, the Holy Spirit worked on me. I still hadn't surrendered my whole life to Christ. I've never doubted God's existence. I've never doubted that, you know, that God was real. I just hadn't surrendered my life to him. And so I, I had experience with God at in church at South Side Assembly. And I mean the, the, the presence of God. And, and it just, and although you don't surrender, it does something in you. And then we, we would go to camps. We would go to camps and, and God was always at camp. He was always at camp, and I always experienced God at camp, and I was always. Touched by God, and He always moved in me at camp every time, and so it's so important for our children we need to understand that the, that children are not too young to experience god they 're not too young for, for God to just move powerfully in their life and so parents, let me talk to you just for a minute because it's important it's important you know my kids and even if we weren't pastors, and I know people who aren't pastors and and they're just regular believers, and there's never a question. They 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 said I'd slap my kids if they asked me, are we going to church this morning? They said, it's never a question, it's never we don't bring this up, are we going to church? Well, of course we're going to church. We're followers of Christ. That's what we do. Now I understand you go out of town, you on vacation. You don't just lay in bed though. And so we need to get our children in an atmosphere where they can be touched by God so that they can experience God in their life. So parents, let me tell you something. It's important that you have your kids in church, but it's important that you get your kids to a place where God is going to always meet them, and that's at camps. So so you're you're about to do a plug for camp, aren't you? I am. And so (laughs) we have have a student camp. We have a youth camp called in, in July. July 15th through the 20th for 7th through 12th grade. And it's down at the Daytona Beach area to go to Stetson University. It's a big, beautiful college campus. And man, the God moves. God moves in the kid's life. And so, look, if, 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 you have a, if you have a student, who, 7th or 12th grade, going into the 7th grade, and you would like for them to go to camp, our, our youth camp, you need to see Pastor Jared or Katie after the service. Tell them you want to go. Now, a lot of people signed up for it. Not too many parents came to the parent meeting. And so it's, it's important that you do that. If you, if you have a, a child between the 2nd and 6th grade, we have a kids camp in Alabama, June 28th through July 1st. You need to have your kids at camp. Y'all, listen to y'all looking at me like you're gonna get back to the message. I'm in the message, right? This is the message, right? This this is the message, amen. Well, kids, they're they're not too young to be touched by God, but you got to get them out in front of the video game and the TV, and get them an environment where that mean and God's going to be there so that God can deal with their life and, and even, even if, if, if they're a little bit wonky I mean they get the seed planted on the inside of them they get, the, the, they get a work of God going on the inside of them and maybe and, and then just do it just do it yeah but it costs money everything costs money your cable bill costs money your eating out costs money your hobbies cost money your vacations cost money right Right? everything costs money get them to camp all right so pastor fonzie and jared and katie and they'll be out in the lobby after this service talk to them say how do i get more information on camp well you can go to relatechurch.com and get more information but if you want to just talk to them personally do that. Okay. Now listen to this. All right. Children are not, are not too young to experience God. Listen to this. A recent Barna study. In Barna, he does a lot of studies with, with Christians within the United States and across the world, and been around for probably thirty or forty years. And so they do these very thorough studies. So a recent Barna study concluded that forty three percent of all Christians in the United States received Jesus before their 13th birthday. 43% of all Christians in the United States received Jesus before their 13th birthday. And 64% of all Christians in the U.S. received Christ before their 18th birthday. I'm not a genius. But 64% Of all Christians in the United States become a Christian before they're 18. That to me lets me lets me know that children's ministry, student ministry is important. And it's not just a little bit important, it is vitally important. And so when you get beyond 18, the numbers begin to drop off drastically. Are you listening to me? Yeah. Joel prophesied, in Joel chapter 2, he prophesied that in the last days, God would pour out his Spirit on all flesh. He, didn't, he wasn't talking about grown-up flesh. He wasn't, talking about, he wasn't talking about just adult flesh. He said, your sons and daughters yeah. will prophesy. Yeah. Your young men will see visions, right? Right? So he wasn't just talking about the, the, the older people. He wasn't just talking about the mature people. Some of you some of you, checking out on me. I don't appreciate it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but your sons and your daughters, I mean, the Holy Spirit's going to come on them. They're going to experience God, and they're going to be spokespeople for God. Man, that's powerful. That's powerful. Amen. So, from seven years old, from about seven years to 18 years old, 63%, that's when 63% of the people are going to make a decision for Christ. Anywhere between seven years and 18 years old. Can y'all see the importance here? Can y'all see the, the, how vital this is, but it's not only that. Do you know, toddlers, babies can experience the yeah. love of God? Yeah. Even before they're to the age of accountability where they know that the decision they're making and they understand the decision they're making, they can experience the love of God? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And it marks them. It does something on the inside of them when they're experiencing God's love. So let's continue unpacking this verse. Uh, look in verse 14 again. He says, Jesus said, let the children come to me. Do not pre- prevent them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as them. So number one, we need to understand that, that, children, that children are ever, never too young to experience God. Number two, we need, we need to understand this, that we need to remove any obstacle in our thinking or in our behavior That would keep children from coming to Jesus. We need to remove any obstacle in our thinking or in our behavior that would keep people from coming, children from coming to Jesus. When I say children, I'm talking of seven to eighteen years old. We need to remove any obstacle in our thinking, any obstacle in our behavior that would prevent people, children, from coming to Jesus. Amen. So here, let me give you one obstacle. Uh, Let me give you one one thinking obstacle, and then let me give you one behavior obstacle. This, this thinking obstacle is this, it, and sometimes it, it's faulty thinking, and even though we wouldn't say this out loud, uh, we, we kind of, our, our disposition, it kind of leans to this. Children are the church of the future. Th- this is faulty thinking. This is errant thinking children not ch- are not, not the church of the future. Children are the church of right now. They're the church of now. They should have a voice now. They should have priority now. Amen. Are y'all listening to me? Uh, they, they, they have ideas right now. I'm, I'm, we're, as a staff, we're going through a, a book together and it's called Growing Young, Growing Young. And it's all about how we reach 15 to 29-year-olds. Year because really, a, a church will begin to mirror its senior leader in, in, in age. We'll begin to mirror, and not, nothing wrong with that, but how many of you know that, that if we want vibrancy, if we want vibrancy, we have to grow younger we have to grow younger if we want that vibrancy if we want that that fire and that, that zeal we we got to we got to grow younger but you can only grow younger if you're intentional especially when you uh, even though is the new 30 you still got you you got to you got to start thinking and so you got to invite some of these these younger people in so Emily is on our staff and Emily's like in early like 20 and so we always if we're making the decision, we always look to Emily, Emily like twenty or twenty-one twenty-one. Well Emily, what do you think? Because if Emily doesn't like it, we're not gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> if Emily if, if Emily says it's not a good idea, well, we got a millennial here, or not even a millennial, you're something else. I mean you're you're younger than a millennial. <clears throat> That's not gonna be good. So uh Children are not the church of the future. And Jesus, I mean, he made that very clear. He says, Let them come to me. The kingdom of God is theirs, it's for these. So there's this thing in the church world today, it's called reverse mentoring. And y'all all know what mentoring is. You bring somebody to sit in. you pour your heart into them. <clears throat> There's this deal called reverse mentoring. It's where you bring somebody younger in. Instead of you telling them, you're letting them tell you. Right? You say, well, that seems weird. No, here's the thing. I, I don't want to get in there. We'll be here another hour. But uh, anyway, this, children, children of the church of the future, yeah, they're the church of the future, but they're also the church of right now. Amen. And Jesus prioritized them in Mark chapter 10, verse 14. So here's a a behavior obstacle. Number two, it's a lack of obedience with our time, our talent, and our treasure. A lack of obedience with our time, our talent, our treasure. Anything that we do, any expansion, any territory taken, it's going to cost money. Are y'all listening to me? I'm not about to make a pull for an offering. I'm just, but you got you got to understand this: that anything that we do, anything in the kingdom of God, people say, well, the gospel's free. The gospel's free, but it ain't free to get it out. Amen. Right. It's not free to get it out. It costs something to get it out. And it costs, it's just substantially becoming a greater cost to get it out. So if we want to reach this next generation, these younger people, I mean, it costs something. Right? Right? And so because it costs something, isn't it amazing that Jesus came and he blessed these people that couldn't reciprocate? Yeah. He brought these children to him, and he blessed them, and they couldn't give him anything in return. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're, we're going, we, we need to invest money into, into children's ministry, into student ministry. Yeah. And they don't have jobs, or they might have jobs, but it's just enough to buy their Sonic, you know. And so we'd foot the bill for it, right? Not the sonic, but the ministry. Amen. And so, uh, just a a lack of obedience with our time, it's going to cost you some time, perhaps, right? The Bible says a lot about time. It says, redeem the time. That's what what that means is, is redeem the time. It means to use your time wisely, use it wisely. How many hours a week do you lay in front of the TV? Would you call that redeeming the time? (laughs) No, I'd call that wasting time. Yeah, but I'm watching Christian videos. I would still call most of that (laughs) wasting time, (laughs) right? So your time, your talent, God's giving you gifts. He said, but my gifts to minister to to, uh, older people. Hey, people are people children are people amen children have spirits right they, they have spirits and and with our, our so our time our talent and our treasure and so you know uh, I, I would encourage of we there, there's envelopes out there on that wall and those envelopes on that wall is for us to help get our our, our kids to, to youth camp Got a charter, a bus, it's for transportation, and it's actually offset the cost of them going to camp by $150. Uh, you know, when we, when we pay for their transportation, it offsets, it offsets the cost of their camp, $150. I would, I would, this, you know what bugs me more than anything? When a child or a, or a student can't go to camp because they don't have the money to go. That, 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 that just, that bugs me. And so I don't ever want a kid not to go to camp because they can't afford to go. And so I need, I need two things. I need, if if, if you, your child wants to go, but you say, well, man, we just don't have the money. Or we just have, we, we can only get part of the money. We, we need to know that. And then I need some of you step up and say, hey, I want to sponsor a kid for camp. I, I want to do that. I want to help. All right? So your time, your talent, and your treasure. So let's let's unpack this. Notice this in in Mark, the the 10th chapter, verse 16a. It says, Jesus said, and then he embraced them. He embraced them. Number three, we must embrace the priority of children and youth ministry in our church. We must embrace the priority. Jesus made it a priority. We must embrace that priority. This this is is an action step. You say, well, what can we do? We got information. 64% of, of people who become Christians in the United States do it before their 18th birthday. Okay, I got some information. What can I do right now? Number one, embrace the priority of children and youth ministry. Embrace it. You say, you put your arms around it. and say, okay, Okay, I, I see where we're going. We, we, we're going to put some emphasis on this. You've you got to embrace the priority in children's and youth ministry. And so that means that, that we must be okay with things being a little louder. We've we got to be okay with things being a little rowdier. We've we got, we got to be okay with kids and teenagers trying to figure things out. You remember, you were one. You remember trying to figure things out? I said I already knew it all. No, you thought you already knew it all until you got a little bit older. Then you realize you didn't know it, know it all, right? And so we've got to be okay with kids trying to figure things out. We've got to be okay with them not being exactly like we think they ought to be. We've got to give them some room. I mean, even Jesus told John on the Isle of Patmos when he had this vision, y'all, y'all know who Jezebel is? She, boy, she was, just, she was just resistant to God. And even, even then, Jesus said, I gave her space to repent. And we got to give kids space to grow up, right? And we're, we don't need them to try to be perfect. We need to let them be kids. And we need to minister to them, and we need to love them. And that's not just the youth pastor's job, and that's not just the children's pastor's job. That is all of our jobs. We've got to embrace that priority of ministering to children. These are not just somebody else's kids. These are your kids. These are our kids. Amen. So number four, that's number three. Number four, I I'd mentioned, you know, sometimes a lack of money can be an obstacle. So number four, now get this, it takes more than money. It takes money, but it takes more than money Somebody needs to get in the game. Thank you for all that enthusiasm. (laughs) 16B says, then he blessed them, placing his hands on them. Somebody has to get in the game. Somebody has to get in the game. Well, Pastor Chuck, I don't don't know that that's my gift. Now, it's amazing to me. I mean, somebody needs to inform God that if 64% of the harvest is going to come in by the time a person is 18 years old, somebody needs to inform God that he needs to distribute the gifts a little bit different. <laughs> Are you listening to me? If sixty four percent of the harvest is going to come in by the time somebody's eighteen, God needs to see. He needs to distribute the gifts a little bit different because at least sixty four percent of the giftings ought to be. Are you? With, with, it's very. Thank you, Sarah. That's very good teaching. Are you listening? So somebody, somebody in your prayer, you ought to inform God, God, you ought to distribute this a little bit different because we don't have enough people who have that call to work with children. But I just believe that God's a little bit smarter than that. I believe sometimes we think about the inconvenience. We think about kids. I've already raised kids. We're not asking you to raise kids. We're asking you to minister to kids. We're not asking you to babysit. We're asking you to minister. Man, this is so good. Yeah, but kids, they can just be, they can just be wild. You were one. Somebody put up with you. And look where you are. Right now. you're here serving God so some of you just need to be willing to give children's ministry a shot I don't ever I don't ever say we need people but there is a deficiency right now there there's a deficiency and so some people need to just step up and give them your schedule. Say, I can work, you know, I can serve, not work, I can serve once a month. I can serve twice a month. I can serve every week in a service. say, well, Pastor Chuck, I, I, I want to, if I do that, I want to be in worship. <laughs> that is the most selfish thing ever. And if you've been through Starting Point, you, you know how selfish that is. Because this church isn't going to be a church about you coming and sitting. I, I mean, there's plenty of churches that let you sit. I can recommend some. They'll let you come in and sit and soak. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's why we have multiple services, so you can serve one and worship one. Well, that'd take half my Sunday. I know I'd do it every single week. <laughs> yeah, but you're paid to do it. We got plenty of people do it every single week, and they're not paid for it. Right. So if if you know if if you're going to allow an excuse to not do it, any excuse will work. So you say, I'm not mad at all, but I am going, I'm, going, I'm, going, I'm, going, I'm going to teach and I'm going to preach with conviction of what the Lord puts on my heart. And, and this is important to him. This is important. Look, when we get into this building, we're going to have an explosion of families. This whole area is going to turn into kids. It's going to be an explosion of families. And there's got to be people who are willing to step up and minister to kids. Minister to them. Teach the Bible to them. Love on them. Smile at them. Show them their face in the mirror and say, Jesus loves you. Right? D.L. Moody. Anybody know who D.L. Moody is? Great, great advantage. I mean, untold millions of people born again. This is before you could, you know, motorized travel or anything, but millions of people came, came to Christ under his ministry. And he said this in, in his last days on earth. He said this, if I had to do it all over again, I would dedicate my entire life to reaching children for Christ. Yeah. After all those millions of people came to Christ, he said, if I had to do it all over again, if I could go back and, hit, and, and I, could, I could have a do-over, I would dedicate my entire life to reaching children for Christ. This is important. This, this ought to be priority. Amen. So here's, here's three, three reasons why you should consider committing to children's ministry or reaching kids for Christ. Number one, kids are a priority to Jesus. We've already been talking about that. Kids are a priority to Jesus. Number two, it's a worthy calling. It's a worthy endeavor. It is a worthy work. And number three, this is just kind of business. Any any business people out here, it yields the highest return on investment. It it yields the highest ROI. It it yields the highest return on investment. In other words, you're going to get more bang for your buck, more bang for your energy ministering to kids. It just, I mean, it just makes business sense. Right? Amen. So, thank God we we have an opportunity to minister to kids. We have an opportunity to step up. And so you can talk to Pastor Jared. You can talk to Pastor Fonzie. You can talk to Emily. You can talk to Tammy. You can talk to Pastor Paul. You can talk to me. say, I want to get involved, and we'll show you how to get involved. You can go back to Kids Check-In. We can show you how to get the ball rolling. Amen. Now we're going to do something very special because this is this whole month is is about honoring honoring people, and so there's some there's some VIPs that I just want to take some time and we want to recognize and honor them, and so I'm going to ask Jared and Katie to come up first and just stand with me, and uh, they're they're not the ones we're honoring, but anyway, no, I'm just kidding. Um, first of all, I want to give a shout out to anyone in here and you're serving in one of our children environments or serving, uh, in our student ministry. If that's you, you're serving in student ministry or one of our children, kids environments. Just stand right now. Just stand. Let's give them a big hand. Come on, y'all. Let's give them a real big hand. All right. Okay. Now, there are people serving back there right now. I want them to hear us (laughs) clapping for them. And when they ask, what was all that noise about? You just let them know, we were clapping for you. We were applauding for you. So let's give those serving back there right now a real big hand. All right. There you go. Amen. Amen. And somebody asked, what was that about? I say, oh, we are just clapping for you. Thank you for what you're doing. We honor you. We appreciate you. All right. And, and so now, I'm going to ask for all of our, our high school graduates, those who are graduating high school uh, this year, I want you to, to come up here. Let me just call the names and then uh, you can come up, Jalan Brown, Jalan Brown, come on up if you're here, uh, Jeb Blair, come on Jeb. Victoria Cashin, Brianna, Brianna Foy, and Lexi Hatton. Lexi Hatton, come on up. All right. Aren't they Aren't they awesome looking? Aren't they awesome looking? So. Uh, Give them a big hand. Give them a big hand. We have some who signed up for the second service, so we, want, we but we want to honor them, and I just want to pray over them. that we got a gift that that uh, that Katie and Jared are going to give to them as they exit the stage. Okay, I let's just stretch out your hand. Let's pray for them, Father, in Jesus' name. We thank you so much for. These graduates, Lord, and we thank you that your plans for them are awesome. We thank you that you have a plan for their life, one that just supersedes any expectations that they may have, one that would just completely fulfill them, and one that would completely Honor and glorify you. And Lord, we thank you that your hand is resting upon them. We thank you that they are blessed of the Lord. We thank you that they're blessed going in and blessed coming out. Everywhere they go, they're blessed. Their feet are blessed. Their hands are blessed. And I thank you that you cause them to be in a light and an example for you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Amen, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Good job. Good job. All right. Y'all can uh y'all can y'all can exit off right there. <laughs> All right. Good deal. All right. Now we want to we want to honor and bring some special recognition to our our teachers. And I'm I'm talking about our teachers in our school systems. And and so if if you're a teacher, would you just stand up? If you're if you're a teacher, would you please just Homeschool, if you're homeschool, stand up. Our teachers, please just stand up right now. Awesome. Now look. Good. All right. So if if you're a teacher, could you just make your way up here? We have something special. We want to pray over you and 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 give you something. And um, so come on up. Isn't it fun just to just to honor people? Good. Yes, yes. Michelle, aren't you a teacher? Yes. <laughs> we're not just talking kids, we're, we're All right. Okay, now, hey, just we so appreciate each and every one of you and and man just y'all are y'all are working hard in the classrooms and giving the kids your all and and uh I can only imagine and so just thank each of you for doing what you do and uh I know you don't get paid enough I know and I'm not about to give you you know what you're worth but <laughs> Hey, just want to let you know we love you, and and I just I just want to brag on, on one, and I, I could brag on all of them if I knew their story, but but Wendy, she received Teacher of the Year in the Clinton School District this year, and so, uh, so, congratulations. Anyway, so let me pray for you, and uh, and then we have a we have a gift for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for these teachers and. Thank you for their life. Thank you for their heart and, and, and how you work in them and how you work through them to, to love kids and educate kids. And, and, Lord, we bless them right now in Jesus' name. And we thank you for their service. And we thank you for their diligence in the name of Jesus. We thank you that, 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 that they're blessed everywhere we go. And I thank you that you see their labor of love and you see to it that they're blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. amen amen guys if you go this way Tammy's got a gift for you alright so these are the ones you know Jesus honors kids but these are the ones who are who were honoring who Jesus honors amen so so they're definitely worthy of our honor and our appreciation well just for a minute if you would just uh just hang with me real tight I know we've been talking about children's ministry, but I also believe this. I believe that the Holy Spirit is here. I, I believe that the presence of God is here. And while we've been here, he's been, he's been tugging at some people's hearts. And you just come into this atmosphere where the presence of God is. And, and God begins to move. And he begins to move in your life. And he begins to talk to you about something maybe other than what we were talking about. Because he's God and he's able to do that. And so maybe you came in here today, and you didn't have a personal relationship with Christ. Maybe you believed in God like I did one time. I, I believed, I, I completely believed in God, but I, I didn't belong to God. I, I was, you know, I was in church, but I wasn't in Christ. I didn't have a relationship with Him. So I just want to give everyone an opportunity today. If you if you came today, and and maybe you've been a very religious person. And uh, But you don't have a relationship with Jesus, and you would know whether you did or not. I mean, if someone asked me, hey, are you married? I wouldn't scratch my head and say, let me think about it. I mean, I know if i I got a relationship. If I'm married or not, and it's the same with the relationship with Christ. It, you either know that you do, you know that, or, or you don't. Yeah, right. And it's just really, really, really just that simple. And so let's, let me ask you a question. If you were to walk out of this building today and walk out, they're into the parking lot and suddenly your heart stopped and you died and went into eternity. Would you go to heaven or would you go to hell? And I think most of us, we would like to go to heaven. I've never met anybody who would rather go to hell. But I think we would like to go to heaven. But just liking to go to heaven, just wanting to go to heaven, just wishing to go to heaven it's not going to get you to heaven. So I said, well, Pastor Chuck, I think I'm going to go to heaven because, I mean, I, I believe in God. Well, I believed in God for a long time. But it takes more than that. He said, well, I'll go to church, and that's great. Going to church is great, but it takes more than that. If you're going to get to heaven, you're going to have to do it God's way. Jesus, who is God, said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can come to the Father except through me. Jesus said you must be, what, born again. You must be born again. To be born again just simply means you give him all your heart and all your life. And it's an all or nothing proposition with. He's, he, he's not going to force you to do it. He's not going to make you do it. And so it's all, it's all on you. It's your decision now. ball's in your court. And, but it's all or, it's all or nothing. You, you can believe in him and not give him your all. You can walk the aisle and not give him your all. You can say empty words and not give him your all. Or you can give him your all. Amen. So I want to pray for you. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're in here and you've ever given your whole heart and your whole life to Jesus, and you want to do that right now, look, I'm not going to ask you to stand. I'm not going to ask you to come to the front, but just with an uplifted hand, we can pray for you. I'm going to count to three. When I do, you just be bold and lift your hand. Here we go. One, two, three, right now. Thank you. I see your hand. I'm looking across the room. Thank you. I see your hand. Good, good. Awesome. Good. Anyone else? I'm going to look across the room one more time. All right. Why don't we all pray this prayer out loud? Do it from your heart. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. I believe he died on the cross for my sins. I believe that you raised him from the dead. Jesus, come into my heart and save me. From this day forward, I will follow you. With your help and with your grace, I'll do everything that you want me to do. Amen.